Hi, I'm Sheila. And I'm Hope. And we're two teachers. Coming to talk to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of teaching. Hello, teacher friends, and today I'm coming to you to talk about strategies to build grit. Now, you may not use grit with your students. You might use instead effort or perseverance. I know a lot of classrooms talk about character traits, and perseverance falls right into that. But I'm going to call it grit because it's an easy word for even the little ones to understand and start using. The first strategy I want to talk to you about is try your best. And I'm not sure that all kids come to class realizing that they need to give their best effort. And this is something that needs to be instilled from the very first class in kindergarten. I know my own child, my son, first parent-teacher conferences. Can you imagine going to a parent-teacher conference and the kindergartner, the kindergarten teacher saying, He's not doing his best work. He's just handing in the fastest thing he can get done. Well, we had to have a talk with my son, and he wanted to know why he had to do his best work. He said, Mom, I'm handing in what everybody else is handing in. That's the quality they're doing. Why can't I do what everybody else is doing? And my comment to him was, because you are my son, I am a teacher, and I expect more out of you. Now that actually, believe it or not, did the trick. Now with my daughter, we didn't really have to talk to her about giving her best effort in general. She loved to be the first one to present and show the class her work because her goal was to scare everyone else in the class. She wanted to go so over the top that the other students would ask, do I have to do what she did? Are you, are you requiring us to do all of that? She loved it. She loved the attention. She also loved being considered gifted. Like, that was her identifier. Both my kids did qualify for gifted in our little hometown, and those were her people. With my son, it was more of a support intervention to help him stay out of trouble. So definitely, that needs to be the basis for everything try my best. And if you're not seeing it in your classroom, definitely get parents on board to help with that because effort is what defines a student. I've had kids in my classroom who are not gifted but give their best effort and I'll be honest with you, a lot of times they come out looking higher than gifted when it comes to grades, when it comes to projects, because gifted kids don't always give their best effort. Another strategy that kids can use to build their grit is looking back at their notes. Now, elementary kids might not use this strategy as much as high school and college. And if you're a teacher or a parent and find this particular strategy surprising, I kind of did too. But both my kids were able to use notes in high school on their tests and also in college in several classes. The goal is not necessarily to memorize the information. The goal is more, can you use the notes, which don't necessarily give you the same type of problem, but can you apply that information to a new problem? whether it be a math problem or a scenario in a class. So this particular strategy, 
I think should also be used in elementary school, especially in third, fourth, and fifth. Number one, it's going to help them learn how to take notes that they can use. And that's a skill they're going to have to have in either middle school or definitely high school. And then also being able to look back at the notes you've taken to organize those in a meaningful way, that's gonna get that information into the brain. And then to be able to use that to take a test, that's gonna really help with kids who have test anxiety. And it's also going to give the kids something to study from for their upcoming tests. So I think this is a really good strategy and I wished classroom teachers would do more annotated notes in their classroom not necessarily copy down what I'm telling you or copy down what I have on the board. Copying is not a skill that uses your brain at all. But for you to write the important parts off of something that you're discussing as a class, that's going to be the skill that elementary can use, middle school needs, high school, it's vital. The next strategy I wanted to discuss was taking the five deep breaths. And believe it or not, in my classes where I have gifted students, if they come across something that they don't automatically know how to do, some of them actually fall apart. I've had tears in my classroom. I've had kids lay their head down. And what they're trying to do is communicate their frustration. They just don't know how to use words to do it. So taking five deep breaths, maybe going to get a drink, Taking a little break from what you're doing to calm that frustration down, that's really important. Uh, as adults, we all have some type of strategy to help calm us down when we're frustrated. Five deep breaths is the easiest one, but what do you use as an adult to calm you down when you're highly frustrated, when you're overwhelmed, when you're confused. Think about those strategies that you use and you can use those with kids. You can explain those to kids. One thing I like to do is I like to use the Insight Timer app on my phone to kind of meditate. And I don't have to meditate for a long time. I can do a five minute meditation and my brain is no longer thinking about how frustrated I am, how overwhelmed I am and I can move on to problem solving. So this is another strategy that I would expand on with kids and have a discussion with kids. Let them tell you what works for them or what they've tried and definitely share what you do as an adult when you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed. One strategy that might be confusing to teachers or parents is ask a classmate. And when I say ask a classmate, what I'm really talking about is talking to a peer to brainstorm ideas or solutions or to ask about directions. Gifted kids often do not listen to directions or slow down to read directions because they're used to already knowing what they need to do. To ask a classmate to help them problem solve by brainstorming, that helps them to be an independent learner. A lot of times they already have the solution in mind in their regular classroom, but when they're working on a project that's challenging to them like it should be, they might not know what to do next. Their usual go-to strategy is to come ask the teacher, but that's not what we want. We want them to use their brain and come up with problem solving to figure out what can I try next. 
that helps them to be more independent and that's what we really want of these bright young students. Sometimes you get a lot of self-talk that's kind of negative. I often see this with impact students. I often see this with gifted students. They have a lot of negative self-talk. And this is also called imposter syndrome. So if a gifted student is telling themselves, this is too hard, I don't know what I'm doing, it's because it's challenging and that's what they need. That's probably not something they're getting in the regular classroom. So just telling themselves, I can do it, or I can problem solve this, or I can try something else. And saying it enough as their first go-to self-talk is really going to be helpful because let's face it, adults do this too. You know, um, a lot of adults beat themselves up when they make a mistake or they beat themselves up because things aren't perfect. That's a whole nother ball of wax because then we're getting into perfectionism. But I do it, most people I know have problems with negative self-talk. So you really have to be aware of what you're saying to yourself and how you're sabotaging yourself, and kids are no different. So helping them see that how they talk to themselves does make a difference, and helping them come up with a new motto that their brain can use that sets them up for success. Another strategy that kids might use to build grit is ask my teacher for help. Now, I really encourage this to be one of the last ones because kids are going to get more pride out of figuring out on their own or working with a friend or a peer to figure something out and problem solve it. But there does come a time when the teacher is the last resort and they're the person who helps need to teach a skill. Sometimes it's just a missing skill. I know in a lot of my classes, kids are learning brand new information, brand new skills, and maybe I've gone over it, but they need to practice it to get it into their brain. Just hearing it is not always how kids get that information and store it in their brains. They need to do it. They need to see it. Those type of different modalities will get it into the brain better. So ask my teacher for help. Now, if I have a student who's essentially teaching a skill to another student, they do it the same way I do it. We don't touch the keyboard and we don't touch the mouse. You need to point to the screen on the computer and walk that student through it. So even if you're the teacher, and I know I'm guilty, sometimes I just say, let me in the driver's seat, let me fix it. What I really should be doing and what adults need to be doing is make the child do it because them interacting with the computer is going to get it into their brains much better and teach that skill much better. Another thing you really need to be aware of is that a lot of times gifted kids will just try one way to solve something and then they come running to the teacher for help. And you really want to discourage that. They need to try several ways to solve a problem before they come running for help. That helps them be more independent. So just think of it when you're trying to solve a problem that you have in your adult life. You've got to try something different every single time until you hit on a solution. And that's definitely 
one way to get kids to become better problem solvers. So I would suggest, whether it be your own child or it's your student, to make sure they've tried several things. I like to ask a child, what have you already tried? And a lot of times they just give you one thing they've tried. And if that's the case, you can say, what else can you try? Try to get that out of them verbally and then go send them back to see if they actually try it. Now, if you're teaching a writing lesson, this isn't necessarily going to be the way to fix that. But if you're, in, if you're doing any type of teamwork or a project, definitely ask, what have you tried to solve it? And when they come back and tell you only one way, you're going to ask, what else can you try? If they can't come up with anything, send them back and say, I want you to think about it. And when you can think of one other thing you can try, come back to me. They can also ask a classmate. They can look back at their notes. They can give themselves positive self-talk. And then if they do come back with another idea, go try it. And that kind of plays into try again until I figure it out. If they give up, they're never ever going to develop effort or grit or perseverance. And so they have to keep trying until they can figure it out. Sometimes a student will come to me and they're stumped. They don't know what to do to solve their problem. And I do know what's wrong. But it's more important for them to figure out what's wrong than they take pride in, hey, I figured it out. And that contributes to success later on when they're stumped again. So for building grit, encourage them to try to solve it a different way and keep with it until they figure it out. You can also tell them examples of times when that's happened to you. Like if my projector doesn't work, what are the things I try? If I can't get my mic to record, what are the things I try? And what do I keep trying until when? Until I figure it out. Another strategy you can use is to work on something else and then come back to it. And I think as adults, we all know that this works great. If I am stuck and I cannot figure something out, I may leave it till the next day. I come in fresh in the morning. I haven't been overwhelmed. I haven't been frustrated. And a lot of times, I figure it out within just a few minutes. So this is also a good strategy for kids to learn because Adults actually use this in their lives quite often. Why not teach that to a child so they can rely on this strategy and use it on into adulthood? Now, don't let this be a reason to quit or give up. Make sure when they're working on something else, it's equally challenging, equally valuable for whatever they need to do in class. But also allow, I mean, you know your students or your child. You know when something has frustrated them to the point of sometimes almost tears. Um, sometimes kids get so frustrated that they start with a negative talk. I can't do it. I don't know why I'm here. I don't belong in this class. So you know when they're tapped out on frustration that's the time to suggest working on something else. All of us have to-do lists and all of us have things we need to accomplish or finish. And most kids are the same way. 
maybe they're working on a project, but they still have to finish their math assignment. Let them take that break and come back to it. It doesn't have to be a whole day. Sometimes just taking a break for 20 minutes and coming back to it helps. I even have kids say, Miss Bonner, can I go get a drink? Um, can I go to the restroom? And that's just the short break they need to come back to it with a fresh outlook and a more positive attitude. Another strategy that I really encourage with students is to give a hint. So I don't normally like to give hints. Sometimes I do, but normally I will not give a hint. But for a student to give a hint to help another child be successful is totally acceptable. Uh, a lot of times I find myself having to tell students because they want to be helpers. They want to see that other child be successful. I have to tell students, no, 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 don't tell them. Don't tell them the answer, but you can give them a hint. And a hint just points them in the right direction so that they can be successful. So I, I never have a problem with really students giving those hints to get a child started if that child has tried something. Now, if the child hasn't even tried anything to solve the problem, then no, you don't want to be giving a hint right off the bat because that's not going to build grit. That's going to teach them there's an easy way out. But if they've worked down the list we've talked about, if they've asked a classmate, if they've been positive with their self-talk, if they've tried different ways to solve it, and they they have kept going, trying to figure it out, and you can tell they're giving their best effort, then definitely a hint is the next step in the process. Last strategy I'm going to cover today is closing your eyes and thinking of possible solutions. Now, I'm not the type who likes to take time to visualize things, and I probably should, because I think it's a really effective strategy. I'm more of a list person. I'm more likely to make a list of possible solutions and then try the one that I think will work the best first and work my way through the list. Well, that is all for our strategies to build grit. And I hope that you found some strategies that might help your students build their grit muscle. If you'd like a handy dandy printout of these strategies, you can go to my website, lovemylesson.com. Calm. No spaces, no dashes, just lovemylesson.com. I hope you take a moment to visit my website and maybe you'll find something that you can use in your classroom. Until then, have a fantastic week.